Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Acts chapter 12. This morning I started preaching, Rhoda's not crazy. (laughs) For those of you that missed it, I'll, I'll do a real quick recap. For those of you that were here, don't worry, I won't take too long on that recap. Maybe I'll have you help me with that. Acts 12. Let's read the the same scripture we stopped at and where we started this morning. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, verse 13, as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. Everybody say Rhoda. Go to Rhoda. And when (laughs) she knew Peter's voice, She opened not the gate for goodness. Doesn't even make sense. For gladness, I'm sorry. But ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said, what'd they say? Thou art mad, being interpreted. God, you crazy. (laughs) Turn to somebody that you know won't get mad at them. Won't get mad at you, just say, you're a little crazy. (laughs) Just a little crazy. Some of y'all taking extreme liberty with that. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Would you lift your hands towards heaven? Would you pray all over this house? Come on, I'm going to turn my microphone off. I want you to just lift your voice and pray. Come on, what only the Holy Ghost can accomplish. Come on, that we might get in alignment with the will of God. With the will and the purpose of God. With the will and the purpose of God. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Somebody repeat after me. Road is not crazy. Some of you have had to defend family members before with words very similar. (laughs) She's just special. How many ever replaced the word crazy with unique? 
<laughs> oh, he's, he's not crazy. He, he's, just, he's just different. Little unique, a little bit different. Now, those that were in here this morning, I need you to help me onboard the rest that have joined us tonight. Okay? Herod the Great, his grandson Herod, is in reign and he's causing torture. He's just killed somebody named James, remember? And what happened? The, the Jews absolutely loved it. Remember they started chanting, Herod, Herod, he's our man if he can't do it. They were all getting jerseys with Herod on the back. Had a big sword as a logo. He got so excited about their response, egotistical. Who does he decide he's going to kill? That's right, Peter. He sins for him. He gets old Pete locked up in prison. And what does the church begin to do? They begin to pray. Who remembers where they go? That's right. They go to Mary's place and they start praying. And while they're praying, what's Peter doing? I tell you what, a word of prophecy came in this room this morning about divine rest. Had multiple people come up to me today and say, when you started saying that, you, it's like you were reading exactly where I've been living. Can I tell you that I've received reports this very afternoon that people went home that haven't been able to find rest for months, went home this very afternoon and laid down and God put them in a deep sleep and caused rest to come on them? It's one thing to hear the word, it's another thing to believe the word. You can hear the word, but when you receive the word with gladness and you get up and you take your word and you say amen, so be it. And I'm going to tell you, everybody in this building, there's no reason for you to let a word hover and you not grab hold of it. He's sleeping. Peter's sleeping. And the angel comes creeping. Right? He's sleeping so hard. What's the angel do? Slap by an angel. Get up, Peter. Tells him, get up quickly. Peter gets up. He don't know whether it's vision or whether it's real, but he just gets up. Remember the angel? The angel's like, get your clothes on. Put your sandals on. Peter's over here yawning. Put his sandals. Getting ready. Walks him past the first ward. Past the second ward. Gets him out in the street. And what happens to the angel? He gone. And we were reminded this morning, the spirit will take you so far. The spirit will take you. I believe in, in absolute angelic visitation. I'm going to talk about this. I didn't talk about this much this morning, but I'm going to talk about it right now. I do believe in the power of the supernatural provision of God. That God can send an angel right into your house, can send an angel right in. Oh, I feel a resistance. I'm going to kick on that right now. I don't care what the enemy has told you, what he's lied to your family. God can send an angel to you. He can send an angel to your spouse. He can send an angel to your children. 
Anybody over here believe what I'm saying? He can send the angel in the middle of the prison. He can kick his way through the prison and he can come to where you are. Yes, he can. He is not intimidated by the chains. He is not intimidated by the concrete. He is not intimidated. He'll send an angel. Because I don't care how talented you are or how good we get, some things we cannot do on our own. Peter, I don't care that you preach Pentecost. You can't get out of this pickle on your own. Do you know that? Peter's the guy who preached Pentecost, but he could not preach his way out of this. Hmm. Maybe he let you get in it just so he could prove he's the only one who could get you out of it. Hmm. So he's in the street. What's he got to decide? It's like, it, it's like he comes to an awareness. Um, I guess this is real. Where should I go? I'll go to Mary's. Seems to show that Mary's was a place where prayer was made. Preacher's pause. Everybody in the room ought to know that place at your house where prayer happens regular. If your kids don't know where you pray, that's a problem. Kids, if your parents don't know where you pray, that's a problem. It's not just one side. It's everybody. We've all got to have a place. And they knew we pray at Mary's. At first I thought, how is it big enough? Right? How is it big enough to fit everybody? I do know that, that Mary is the brother of Barnabas. Barnabas is a... What's wrong? Sister. Sorry. I knew I heard a little chuckle. Now listen, go back and, and, and travel and, and find out who he is. Go to Acts chapter 4. Find out old, old Barney, he, he's a guy who originates this land-giving process. Remember the whole Ananias and Sapphira deal? Barney got him in this mess. He comes and he, he gives of his land. Only issue with that is he's a Levite. Levites weren't given any land. So how'd he have land to sell in the first place? Scripture gives us a little peek at the character of Barnabas. Gives us just a little glimpse into who he was. He was the kind of guy that if it wasn't given to him, he would work to make sure it happened. He was the kind of individual that if it was not handed to him, now watch this, when, there, when, when the blessings were handed out to the tribes, how many remember this? We get to the Levites and the blessing of the Lord was, you don't get land, you have me. And everybody's supposed to be like, yeah. And I know we speak of it in holy reverence, but don't you think there was a Levite or two that was thinking, I, I, I'll take both. I'll just a little land. 
lot of God, little lamb. Just kidding me. How many, how many in this room, you'd be honest, you're like, I want God, but I take the little, I'll just take a little piece of land too. So who are you going to be if God doesn't give it to you? He didn't give you the work, but he did give you the priesthood. He did give you the lineage. He did give you the pronobus. And so he works hard until he gets the land. But watch in the moment of the church's growth. He comes and it seems like he is at fresh recollection. Recollection of who he was called to be, who he was meant to be, who he was destined to be, and he brings his land. I always wanted this land. But I've always had a promise over my life that's bigger than this parcel. And he surrenders it. He sells it and he gives the money. He surrenders it completely. Not half-hearted, but completely. It seems to speak to the prominence of this family. I don't know who they were other than we can read a few stories about. I know this is John Mark's mama. But she had a house somehow, provision for everybody together. I don't know if Barnabas had been influential enough to make it happen. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I do know this, it doesn't take a big house to have a big crowd. How many have ever been smashed into a small church? You just... You ever been, you ever been trying to... You, there ain't no dancing. It's a Holy Ghost hop. So close they're sweating on you like... Oh, that ain't anointing oil. I grew up, I grew up in southern Illinois and my great-grandparents lived in Weetog. Illinois, maybe you've heard me talk about this before. Weetog, Illinois. If you've never heard of Weetog, it's because they barely uh, know of Weetog. And they, I mean, it's like, I don't know, 30 people. It's tiny. It's tiny. There's a slough there. There's a railroad track with no train. That's how old it is. Okay? It's country. But every year, about twice a year, the whole family, and I'm from a big family. My, my grandmother had 11 siblings. That's a big family. Remember, the, who comes from a big family? You come from a big family, yeah. And everybody lived down there. Brother Harvey, we'd go, all the grandkids, all the kids, all the grandkids, and all the great-grandkids. And I'm going to tell you right now, they believed in heat. You ever walk in a house and it's a sauna when you start? The entire house was not as big as this section. The whole house. And there was enough people from like this section and this section and that section at the house. You'd walk in and be like, hey. Walk right back outside. But I have found over the years, especially in some small settings, that there has a tendency, it, it does have a tendency in a small setting for things to get powerful when people start praying. How many's ever seen that before? You come in here, we'll come in here every now and then, uh, and, and, and maybe, maybe on a Monday night prayer, or maybe even in one of our Thursday night prayers. They're powerful, Brother, Brother Ross, when we're in here Thursdays at 11, and, and I come in often, I, I stop by for a little part of that prayer. It's powerful. Because where two or three are gathered in his name, we know it's powerful. But I'm going to be honest with you. You take that same 20 or 30 people from a Thursday at 11, and you put them in a Sunday school size classroom. 
Come on, some of you grew up in that church. Little bitty sanctuary. And all of a sudden, people start praying. The house gets filled with prayer. And something powerful begins to take place. That's the kind of environment I believe they were in. You could not afford not to pray. You were close enough to everybody. They'd know if you weren't praying. <laughs> Come on, that old school that I grew up in. If you weren't praying, they would let you know you weren't praying. Some of y'all been grabbed along the way. Pray. You need to pray. Some of you know you had a parent or a grandparent come and grab you. Why aren't you praying? Right? Some of you were scared into altar calls. You didn't want to go the whole time. I don't even want to go. I don't even want to go. I'm not going. I'm not want to go. But you know if you don't go, she's going to whip your tail. And it's more embarrassing if you'd have stayed in your pew because she'd have turned around and said, oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Who's been drugged to an altar? Be honest. Raise your hand. Look at you. I want to see your hands because I'm going to come get you tonight if you don't come to the earth. <laughs> they couldn't afford not to pray. And I was being honest with you this morning. I think Rhoda is the young girl who's there praying. I think she's prayed out. They've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. <sighs> Some people really get into that deep moan. Praying, you know, like, uh, other people just don't know what to do. I think Rhoda, uh, uh, Nothing for a couple minutes, nudged by a grandma. <laughs> I have a tendency to believe that maybe she's the only one that wasn't deeply praying because she heard the knock. Knocks at the gate, she comes running to the gate. Here she comes. This morning I had her skipping, tonight I let her run. She runs down to the gate. Who is it? Hey, Rhoda, let me in. Rhoda, let me in. She is so excited. There's not a theologian that doesn't get humor out of this. I tried to read several of them. They just get great humor out of the fact that Rhoda gets so excited. She leaves him standing in the cold. Turns around, runs to the house. Hey, you know what? She's so excited she gets to tell her, you know why? She was tired of praying. We can stop. We're done. Can you a prayer meeting? It's over. We're going to the Emporium. It's over. It's done. Shh. No. Pizza at the door. We're trying to pray. Stop praying. Listen to me. Why don't no one listen to me? Peter is at the door. So much so. She was so insistent. One 
in, one interpretation, one translation said she would not relent. She kept persisting until they looked at her. And what'd they say? You're crazy. You, you are crazy. Turn to somebody you ain't talked to yet and just give them one of the, come on, just tell them. Lift your eyebrow just a little bit if you got a mask on so they know you're being, you, you're a little crazy. But she kept insisting. You got to believe your message more than the naysayer in your world. You got to believe what you've heard even when others have not heard it. I said you got to believe the word you've heard even when others have there's, pe- there's hundreds of people in this room that people in your life think you're crazy, but you've heard a word and you've got to convince them. I heard a word. I know you didn't hear it, but you've got to listen up. No, 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 let us pray. No, you need to stop praying and come with me. No, 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 be quiet. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I heard the word. For some of you, it's that you're actually going to have financial breakthrough this year. Now, you know me. I don't preach no blab it and grab it, financial prosperity blessing, but I'm about to just drop it on you right now. Some of you have heard things you are intimidated to share. Some of you, God's already told you this is going to be the year of abundance for your family. But you're scared that if you tell anybody, what happens if it doesn't come true? Well, Rhoda, let me ask you a question. What happens if you never walk back down to the gate? I'm going to tell you what Peter's going to do. He's going to go to somebody else's house. I don't want my blessing walking next door when God sent the blessing Come on, if he sent it to your house, you ought to get enough Holy Ghost tenacity to walk in there and say, I don't care if you believe it, you listen to me. I don't care if you want to accept it. I've got a word. I've got a word. You ought to clap your hands and make somebody needs to shout a little. I feel it. I feel it. I hear it. I receive it. It's the word. And they called her crazy, but she just persisted. Just wouldn't give up. Just wouldn't give up. Some of y'all married right now because you wouldn't give up. Uh-huh. Some of the ladies are like, you know, that's right. You know, that's <laughs> For better or worse. For better you were persistent. Why are we more persistent about physical things than we are spiritual? Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to be persistent about what we know to be true. Brother Trainer, here's the, here's the deal for me. No one in the home, this bath, bath. 
no one in the whole prayer meeting thought she was right. How is the whole house praying and nobody believes it? Until the little girl, real obnoxious, she just gets you right up in the middle of everything. Listen! Don't you see her throwing a little fit? Hey! People try to go back to prayer. No, 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 no. He's at the door. They wouldn't listen. They give him that. Stop. Stop. They'd rather pray than make eye contact. So she'd go person to person to person until, what do they say? It's his angel. You know what they're doing? They're trying to tell her, shut up. Shut up. Rhoda, we're trying to be spiritual. We're, <laughs> ah, we being spirit, Rhoda. It's probably his angel. Probably his angel. Now some, some theologians think here that when she said angel, that they, they want to try to interpret that the messenger, like the messenger of John that you can read about in Luke. But most likely and most widely accepted is they believed it was his angel. And here's why I'm going to tell you. They thought it was angel because they thought he was dead. They're praying for a guy they think's already dead. And they're praying because it's posture. They had more power, they had more power in their prayer than even they believed. Maybe I'm not talking to anybody tonight, but I'm going to ask the question. Has anybody in here ever prayed? And if you'd be real honest, you prayed but weren't real sure. Brother Barkus, I'm going to tell myself, I've prayed some prayers that even I thought, <laughs> I know I'm supposed to pray about it. <laughs> and I know you can do anything for with men it's impossible, but with God I don't think. It's, it's probably a ghost. And she just kept, just come check. 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 Until finally you get one of these like, for the love of God, somebody go. Don't you feel? That's how I feel like, go, go. We're trying to have good church. Isn't it a struggle when good church is interrupted by the miraculous? I don't want good church if it is void of the miraculous. I let a miracle, I said I let a miracle, I let a miracle disrupt good. Any day of the week, any night of the week, I'd rather have a miracle. I'd rather have a breakthrough. I thank God for tradition. I thank God for custom. But I don't want to pray prayers I don't believe in. walk to the gate my favorite it's my favorite it's my favorite they walk to the gate open it up <gasps> the bible says they are astonished and Rhoda's like what do you mean you're astonished I've been telling you this I've been telling you this for a long time. You don't remember the whole deal? I came in, you said, shh, it was a back and forth. I went to her, she nudged me off. I went, you don't remember it? They stand there astonished. Here's what I'm gonna preach to somebody right now. You need people in your life 
that will not let you give up until you accept the miracle that is destined for you. Yes, you do. Everybody in this building needs a rota in your life that will not let you settle for less. Every man, every woman in this room, every young person, you need somebody in your life that says, I know it don't make sense, but there's more for you. There is a miracle at the door. When you want to give up, hey, when you want to give up and you want to go through the motions, you need somebody who's pulling at you. You try to resist that way just a little bit. You need somebody who is almost annoyingly apostolic apostolic sometimes we are annoying if you don't know that then it's you either we are people of faith or we're not and let me tell you what I've come to preach to some of you. Some of you have been called to be the Rhoda and you are not being that Rhoda anymore you have stopped mm, here we go you have stopped because you are embarrassed of how it makes you look and people told you you were silly and people told you you needed to hush and people told you you didn't belong or you let what happened listen oh man I feel this right now you let what happened in your life eliminate you from the ability to be a faith speaker you let what happened in your life who am I preaching to right now you let the divorce keep you from feeling like you can speak faith to anybody you let the fact that you lost it for a while keep you from feeling like you can speak faith to anybody. I curse that lie off of you and I speak healing back into your mind and back into your spirit tonight. Come on, Rhoda. You're meant to be a... You're meant to testify. Of the, I'm looking for a Rhoda in the building that would run to the people and say, Peter's at the door. Peter's at the door. The miracle is at the gate. Come on. Come on. Rhoda's not crazy. Somebody shout, Rhoda's not crazy. Rhoda's not crazy, and I'm not either. I want, about, I want about 50 people that agree with that to run down here right now. 50 people that'll agree with that run down here right now. I want you to throw your hands in the air and say, I'm not going to let people call me crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. me right now. Rhoda's not crazy and you're not either. Rhoda's not crazy and you're not either. You've heard a word from God. You've heard a word from God. You've heard a word from God. Rhoda heard a word from Peter, but you've heard a word from God. Listen. Listen. Just stand. I'm not going to preach long. I'm just going to try to land this plane. It will change, it will change the way you live if you give up on needing the validation of other people. It'll, it'll change the way you live. You won't care when they tell you you're crazy. You'll keep on testifying. You'll be, hey, listen, you'll become like Rhoda. When one denies you, you just find somebody else. Brother Saliva, 
All the people that you brought to the Lord. Have you ever had anybody not want to? You know, some people wouldn't think that's possible. Brother Sleeve, isn't it possible some people you've talked to about God don't want to hear it? you got to be kidding me. So I guess she probably just stopped and went home and sucked her thumb and cried a little bit. I know him. He just went to the next person. Hey, Peter's, Peter's at the door. Okay. Hey, Peter's at the door. No. Okay. Hey, Peter's at the door. Eventually, you'll get somebody to agree with you. Can I tell you something? All those people that didn't agree and thought she was crazy. How do you think they felt when Peter came from? Don't you see Rhoda? I see Rhoda kind of standing there like, I told you. I told you. You thought you said I would know me. When they see the miraculous, they're going to have to testify. Maybe they knew what they were talking about all along. Not only will it affect some of you, it's going to be co-workers that when they just walk in his presence, they thought you were crazy, but for some reason, finally you convince and they walk in and the We got co-workers and neighbors and friends and people from this community every single week that are being drawn in. Some of you are brand new members to the church. I've lost count of how many have said, I've just never felt this before. You need to know this. Old Herod, old Herod, he wakes up. Starts looking for Pete. Pete's gone. Walks into the guards. Um, where's Peter? You know the guards are looking at each other like, I thought, don't you? You know, I, I, asked, I asked him to watch him. Read down through the text. Herod has them put to death. I'm ready for the kind of revival where the enemy starts destroying his own. He's so distraught. His ego is so broken. He's so shattered. Got this little issue with Tyre and Sidon that we preached about a few weeks ago. nervous about his whole demeanor and his whole action. They're, they're trying to get some prominence and, and, and some, some stature with him. They're worried this relationship with the king. So they set him up. They put these, these garments on him. They, they, they come to him. They put him on a throne. And then they make this statement. Herod's voice is like the voice of a God. That's what they said. And you know what Herod did? He said, Hmm. Yeah, it is. And about that time, 
God will only let any, even the most wicked, God will only let go so far. The Bible, the Bible says right there in the same chapter, Acts 12, that when he did not denounce that, the angel of the Lord smote him right there. He dies and the worms eat of his flesh. I feel a proclamation for some people in this place right now that the very enemy that's been trying to destroy you and speak against you and trying to take you out, it's time for the tide to turn. The angel of the Lord has led you out. He's bringing you beyond this place. Rhoda's bearing witness and I think the angel of the Lord is about to do what only he can do and take some enemies out of our life. Come on, I believe in the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord does it. He kills him. You read it on and you ease down in in your own homework. Ease down down into chapter 13. The mission goes forward. Woo! The mission moves forward. Because Herod can't stop the gospel. You hear me right now. Herod cannot stop. Where's Sister Barkas? That article we read this week and then you forwarded today. I'm gonna, it's all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it. This, this, this movement, this California curriculum that's trying to move in, trying to be adopted amongst the school age. They have called, they have called the influence of Christianity on the school system theocide. That's what they've named it trying to introduce into the schooling system, into the secular school system, teaching kids how to chant to Aztec gods. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism, there is one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all. And in you all, in him we live, in him we, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Come on. Ooh, I feel something in the room right now. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit of angels, believed on in the world, preached unto the world. He was received up into glory. He came unto the world and the world received him not. Listen, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and that Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And I don't care what Herod says. And I don't care what secularism says. Christ didn't steal anything. He gave us everything. Everything. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven. Some of you need to let the road be in your life. Some of you need to become that Rhoda again. But I want you to pray for power. 
I want you to pray for demonstration. I want you to pray for the